0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Again, welcome to Not My Own. And I am very, very excited about this message. Really super excited about it. And this is all about the fact that when you accepted Christ, he did something amazing. And you might not think it's positive, but it's very positive. Many of you know that already. He purchased you, and a lot comes with that. And you and I are not our own. It's a good thing. We never wanna be owned by a person. That's bad. The Bible says that's bad. But if God owns us, that's good. Now, he's never gonna force us, but he's totally freed us to live in just incredible freedom. And so we're gonna talk about that. And I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about uh, the culture we live in in the West, whether it's the United States, it's Europe, uh, Western Europe there's a culture guys and it's it it permeates our media our social media social media has become so powerful. And social media is, there's such a good part to it. I mean, I learned so much on social media. It's so helpful to me in every area of my life, spiritual and natural. But then there's a lot on it, guys, that it's just our culture, our current culture, which is is negative in our country, trying to just invade our minds and our hearts. And I thought I'd talk just for a minute, setting this series up, Talk about our public schools. And if you're a public school teacher, a public school administrator, I want you to know you're a hero, and not not right now, but in a few minutes, we're going to give it up for you, because you guys are heroes, you're American heroes, and we're excited about what you do. And our public schools here in the Valley are pretty good, they're pretty good, right? And uh, uh, we see some crazy things maybe on the East Coast, West Coast, they're going to eventually come our way, but I just want to help you see something. And to me, it's an amazing thing. It's a Bible principle, and it just happens to do with our our country, our public schools. And do you know that we are now 246 years old as a country, 246 years old, and for the first 186 years, and I know we weren't perfect as a nation, but for the first 186 years, do you know they read the Bible in public schools? They prayed in public schools. Uh, they talked about Jesus in public schools. Do you know if you're seventy year old or older, you lived in it? Do you know that for the first 186 years, and that would be up to 1962, do you know that at Christmas time they didn't call it the holidays? And do you know that their plays were about Jesus being born in public schools? And then something happened in 1962. The Supreme Court. Uh, they ruled that it was uh, unconstitutional to pray in schools, and then they looked at it a year later and said, "We didn't get enough of God out of schools." So in 1963, they ruled that it was not constitutional to read the Bible and Bible verses in public school. It was being done up to that point, and then in 1965, they said, "We still didn't get God all the way out of schools. Um, it is unconstitutional for a kid to pray over his lunch out loud," and so they made that unconstitutional. And I get it. You know, I can get it. I I always try to look at both sides and I could see if a parent isn't a Christian and they're sending their kids to public school, they're like, I don't want them to hear about Jesus, right? And so I get why some people didn't want it. But I, I always ask myself, well, what if you and I went to an Islamic country in the Middle East and we didn't like the fact that they talked about Islam in the public schools and we complained about it? What would they say? Bye. You can leave anytime you want, right? And and so uh, what happened, guys, is is... God was taken out of school, and I know it it wasn't perfect, and I I understand all that, but any semblance of God was taken out, and there's a principle in the natural. It also works in the spirit realm, And, and I'm gonna tell you the solution we the church have, and we've been doing it, churches all over America, and all over the valley, but in the natural, uh, this room has no windows. Bourbon, you have no windows, and that's for a reason. We wanna control the lighting, especially filming, right? We wanna control the lighting, and so in a room like this, if you were to turn the lights off, this room would go pitch black, and do you know why? Black, uh, darkness is a, a substance, and you know what it is? The definition of darkness is the absence of light, so if the light comes off, out darkness floods, right? And so it works in the spirit realm too. If we don't have the light of the word of God, the light of the revelation and knowledge of God, then spiritual darkness invades. So I want you to think about that, not just for our kids, because we went through there too, and we're being bombarded by media and social media. Your kids are being bombarded by media and social media. I just want you to understand what's happening and do you know what the result of darkness coming into our school systems, into our, our, our society is? The number one thing, I call it secular humanism, and you know what secular humanism is? It's real simple. It's just self it's just like, I'm my own God because I make my decisions, I decide what truth is. And that's, I think, one of the worst things in our society that we live in, guys, that people have come to the place to where they said, we decide our own truth and God has been taken out of society. So what do we do with that? Well, some of you put your kids in Christian school, but some of you can't afford it, right? Some of you homeschool, but some of you are like, Gina and I, we thought about homeschooling. And we said, if we homeschool, we'll kill our kids and ourselves. Um, <laughs> We do not have that personality. So it's not, oh, I'm not gonna nurture you, man. And so uh, we're gonna send you some professionals, right? And so uh, we do some things like that, but, but here's what God's called the church to do, and we're doing it, guys. God's called the church to pump our kids up with light. And so that's why you wanna get your kids to church. And every three weeks, every four weeks, it's not gonna do it for your kids, guys, unless you're sitting down and having hours of Bible study at home, but it's not gonna do it for your kids. And even if you think, Pastor Joe, I can't take that much of you every week, um, uh, I'm gonna just ask you to take it for your kids, man. Take a bullet for your kids. Say, I gotta get them in church and, and I'll put up with Pastor Joe. You know what I mean? But get them to be taught. And I was just thinking about a good example for this. Um, Here in Trumbull County, we have a very large Greek community. And Every other ethnicity, we, we lose our ethnicity within a couple generations. Uh, uh, all of us do. Italians, I, I've witnessed it myself. Um, our kids just, use, they lose what my parents had. My, my mom was an immigrant. My dad's parents were immigrants. And, and, and it's gone, you know. Uh, we still like pasta, but that's about all we hold on to pizza and pasta, right? But the Greeks, you know what they do, man? they have Greek school and they're putting their kids in Greek school and they're pumping them up. What are they saying? We want our culture to live in you. And we know we live in a world that's not going to teach you about Greek culture. And so we're going to pump it into you. And that's what the church has done. We said, you know what? We live in a world that is, uh, you know, is self-centered. It's, it's secular humanism. You're your own truth. You're your own God. And our, our kids aren't going to get God in in school. But guys, can I tell you something? That's why I say teachers and administrators are champions, because they're going in and they're shining the light, guys. They are shining the light of Jesus into these schools, and they are doing an amazing job. So in Borman, and Warren, online, in the chat rooms, uh, guys at TCI, can we give it up for our teachers and our administrators? You guys are doing an amazing job. You're doing an amazing job. But they can't say what they want to say. I remember... uh, This happened about fifteen years ago. A public school in in our community called me. They they just built something. They said, Would you come and dedicate it? I didn't know the guy that called me, but he was in high leadership in that school. And and I said, sure. And I just said, what are my parameters? Like how much time, you know. And he said, Pastor Joe, I'd like you to preach the gospel. And I was shocked out of my mind. I said, you realize this is a public school. He goes, I don't care. He said, would you share some scriptures and just put God in it somehow? I said, I might get you in trouble. He said, I don't care, because I said, I'm not gonna get in trouble. They can't fire me. I don't work here, right? So I'm good, but, but you may not be good. He said, I want you. And so I did it in a very creative way, just a very creative way. And then Warren Harding, uh, I don't know, maybe... 10 years ago, something like that. Their coach came to, to, to church here and he'd only stayed a couple years and now he's uh, somewhere else in Ohio. But uh, he asked me if I'd come and if I'd be the chaplain for the Harding football team and, and just motivate them before a game. And I said, you know, I'm a, I'm, I can only motivate with scriptures. I said, uh, I don't know if I can do that. He goes, oh, you can do it. And I said, well, you may get in trouble. He goes, I don't care. And so for, for that whole year, I did it for two years, that whole first year, I just came in David and Goliath and this and that, and I see some of the guys that were on the team, sometimes they come up and talk to me, and uh, guess what? They won the state championship. No, they didn't, uh, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that good. But man, I just talk about a Bible story and motivate them. You can't do that. That would not happen today. It's not gonna happen, guys. Um, and, and so we, we, the world has just decided we can't put God in those schools, so what do we do? We get God in, 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 church, and it's really important that we do that with our kids. And guys, I want to just read you a scripture as we get ready to go here further. But I really believe this is what's happening in our nation right now. Have you ever said this world's gone crazy? Have you ever said that? Yeah, yeah. Here, listen to Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen. It reads like this: When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild but whoever obeys the law is joyful. He's talking about a nation, right? And the people in a nation. And this is one of those Proverbs, the last part, the second half interprets the first. So the second half is about what? The law would be the revealed word of God at that time. Now we could throw the Bible in. And that's why this translation says divine guidance, right? So we, we, people use this verse. I've done it before. We use it about if you don't have a personal vision for your life, you know, you're gonna perish. So you have to have a personal vision. Where am I going with my life? And that's true, and we need a personal vision. But that's not what this is talking about. Uh, but the principles there, this is talking about a people being flooded with who God is, what God is. And when we are, guys, society's a lot better. But when you take God out of a society, folks run wild. And that's why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. And some of you may not even recognize it because you just met the Lord and you haven't renewed your mind to what God's divine guidance is. But boy, the more you learn about it, the more you say, things are going nuts. But guys, we don't have to worry about that because the Bible says, where there's more and more sin, guess what comes on stronger? The grace of God comes in stronger. And God is waiting to release his grace. He's waiting to release his freedom to this world. And we are freedom carriers, but we have to become free before God can use us to bring freedom into the world that we live in. So this, this first lesson, I wanna talk about our bodies and how they're not our own. And you might think, is that important? Oh, that's important. Here's my big idea, guys. God purchased your body to free your body. Did you know you were purchased to be freed? And this is so important. And that's why our subtitle for this lesson is what you gain when you lose control. And when you and I say, you know what, I'm no longer in control of me and my body, guys, you gain freedom. And it's an amazing thing. So can I show you a really cool Bible verse? It goes like this, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples. That means a holy house, right? Of the Holy Spirit, of God the Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God, and you are not your own. I'm gonna come back to that. So keep that up there. But first, just to remind all of us, most of us know this, but guys, it's good to reminisce over these truths. They're they're just they make you happy, right? And so, guys, when you accepted Christ. He purchased you, but something really cool happened. And this is a question he's asking to the Christians here because they're being dominated by the things of this world, by darkness. He says, Guys, don't you realize something amazing happened? That God, the Holy Spirit, literally lives inside of you. So God's omnipresent. My mind hasn't figured out how that's possible yet, but I believe it because the Bible says it. And if you're not a Christian, He's around you, He's drawing you to Christ. It's amazing. But once you accept Christ, He literally comes and lives inside of you. So he's saying, guys, don't you realize God purchased you to live inside of you? And listen to this again, you are not your own verse 20. You were bought at a price. We'll talk about that a little bit and then we want to close with this today. Therefore honor God with your bodies and how we can honor God with our bodies. I like the way the New Living or the Living Bible translates this. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 6:19. Haven't you let, yet learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit? God gave you, and that he lives within you? Your own body does not belong to you, for God has bought you with a great price. So use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. Isn't that powerful? So I I think of cultural things, I do, and I'm not gonna get into this subject, but I just want you to think about it. For men and for women, right? As a man, I cannot say, It's my body, my choice, because you don't control it, so you can't tell me what to do with it. But as a Christian, it's God's body. And I have to go into the Bible and say, what's your choice? It would be the same for women, for men. And so think about as Christians living in this world, we have a little bit different view. And our view when we understand this is, This isn't my body, it belongs to God. So I can't give this body over to any type of bad living, any type of sin. I can't get drunk on Saturday night and then drink some coffee and come Sunday morning, right? Uh, I can't do that. I I have to live a holy and a pure life, right? And, And I have to live a life to where I say I'm dedicating my mouth, my words, everything to God. And guys, why do I do that? Because it's his body. And we want to help you see that, but it's not negative, it's positive. It's all about the freedom we received when we came to understand this incredible truth. So I have two really cool points. We want to talk about those points, and here's the first one. Your body has been purchased, and you are free. I just want you to think about this. You have to see it first. But what are you free from? Think about this. You're free from the kingdom of darkness. So everything in this world you're free from. That would be sin, that would be addiction, it would be anxiety, it would be fear, it would be hatred, it it would be anger, it would be anything you and I can think of, anything that's negative, oppression, depression. The Bible says that you have been freed from it. So when you were purchased you were free. And nothing in this world, even though it's here, has power over you. And I want to show you a cool scripture. This is a really good one. It goes like this, Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us. If you accepted Christ, there was a great rescue that happened out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. So I want you to think about that. Verse 14 who bought our freedom with his blood and forgave us of all of our sins. So I just want you to think about What took place? When you said, Jesus, I accept you as Savior, we didn't feel it, most probably. We didn't know it happened. Although most of us had this little explosion in and God just gave us that little bit of light when we accepted Christ, right? And then the Bible says, renew your mind to what really happened. And and just think about what took place. Uh, When you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. His blood is so holy, guys. He's the Son of God Has all existed, came into a human body. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are, but he never gave in to sin. That means thought. Lots bombarded his mind, but he said no to every single thought, and he conquered. And when they nailed him to the tree, his blood was holy. It was pure. It's in a human body, but because he didn't sin, he did what the first Adam couldn't do. And that blood became powerful, became pure. And when he shed it, it has the power to set everybody in the world free. And when you said, Jesus, I accept you, he delivered you out of every bit of darkness in this world. And you are a free people. Anger, hatred, sin, addiction, you name it, oppression, depression. None of it has power over you. You are a free person because God bought you with the most precious substance in the universe, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are a free people, man. That is awesome. I like it, I like it. So here's two verses of scripture I like to speak over myself, remind myself of. And guys... I know most of you have Bible reading plans. Thank you for doing that because that's light. And you're saying, I need light in my soul. I need light in my soul. So you read the Bible, like, you know, just get that in you. Uh, Here's two verses I'd like you to add this week. Just read them a bunch of times this week. They're really simple. Uh, But they just declare who you are because you accepted Christ. He rescued you and you're in the kingdom of light. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. If you accepted Christ, you're not like the world. You're not hopeless. You're not in darkness. You are chosen. That means you're unique. That's what that word literally means. You were purchased and you are unique. There's nobody like you if you're a child of God. We are so different than everybody else in this world. And then it goes on to say, you are royal priest. And I like that. Did you know every Christian is a priest? And I love the way they translated here. You're a royal priest. And you know what priests do? They offer sacrifices. So every time you pray, you're sacrificing. Every time you worship God, you're sacrificing. Every time you serve, you're sacrificing. Every time you just live for God and you worship God and magnify God, you are offering up sacrifices to God. And that's amazing. But it all begins when we realize, hey, I'm a holy priest, man. I'm holy. You say, how am I holy? Well, the blood of Jesus made you blameless, holy, and without stain before God Almighty. And it goes on to say, God's very own possession. It's a good thing to be owned by God. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness. And here we go again into His wonderful light. And God says, you have the ability to show the world how free you are. Let the world see peace on you. Let the world see hope on you. Let the world see joy on you. Let the world see purpose in you. Let them watch you as we walk through a world that's kind of crazy, right? And everybody's fearful. What's going to happen next? Look at, look at what they're trying to teach my kids. Whatever it is, guys. And you walk through the world and they see this smile and face that says, you know what? I don't care what this world, I don't care how they're compressing us. My kids are going to be flooded with light and they can't compress my kids because my kids are going to be compressed with the light, man. They're going to be flooded with the lights. And I think of uh, my four kids, uh, you know, we just made sure they were in children's church student ministry. We just made sure we pumped them up with the word of God. Uh, I lived it at home. Gina lived it at home, right? And I just think how they 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 just never wavered, man. Uh, they went through college. They heard professors say God is dead and all these things. And, and three of my kids are, uh, they'll just sit there and say, I don't agree with you. I'm not going to believe that. But then Joe Jr., he couldn't sit there, and he debated every professor and and he would just debate him, but he 's good at that he 's so much better than I am at that. Um, I would just say you're wrong that's the end of it but but he would debate him, and you know the head of his department um and, and his professors, when I would meet them, they say, we love Joe. I mean, he just he says what he's thinking. And so he went through just saying, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna debate this with you. But no matter what, none of our kids, they didn't waver. Uh, you know why? We said, you know, this world's really dark and, and they wanna compress you into this dark kingdom, but we're gonna flood you with God. We're gonna flood you with the light. And then, guys, listen to this, verse 10. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. I like that. We're God's tribe. Can you imagine? Uh, Guys, we're part of God. We're part of God. That is an amazing thing to be part of God. And it goes on to say, uh, you are God's people. And I think I messed up the last verse, but it says we're a holy nation, right? And we want to show his goodness. So guys, we're part of God's nation. Uh, We are God's people. And I'll just put them right together, right? So we won't miss a step. I didn't even have to tell you. I wouldn't have missed the step if I didn't say anything. But guys, listen, listen, listen. We are God's tribe. And we're part of this earth, you know, and we have people listening in foreign countries and you're part of the country you're in. We're part of this country. We love our country, right? We want our country to succeed. We want it to be a beacon and uh, we want darkness not to roll in our country. But guys, no matter what's going on in this country, we have to remember we are the nation of God and we're part of the kingdom of God. It's an unseen world, but guys, we are God's people and there's nothing like being the people of God and walking on this earth as one of God's kids. People might not recognize that, you know, I might be Joe Bag of Donuts wherever I go, but guys, on the inside, I'm a child of God. You're a child of God, and we are children of the Most High God. That is amazing. That's amazing. And his grace has freed us. We are free. He, Jesus paid for all of my sins. My goodness, thank you, Jesus, because I wasn't heading uh, up till I met Jesus, right? And he washed all those sins away, guys, and we're the people of God, and he's given us hope. And some of you might say, but, 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 You don't know me. You don't know what I'm struggling with. Why, just last night, you know, I did this or I did that. Or this week was a tough week. That's why I love the second half of verse 10. It says, Once you received no mercy, I remember those days before I knew Christ. And I I knew enough about God to just know I'm in trouble on judgment day. That's all I knew, is I am in trouble. And I got to a place where I said, There's no way for my good works to outweigh my bad works. I just, I can't do it, first of all. And I don't think I can catch up. I broke most of the 10 commandments and I just thought, I'm in trouble. And then I met Jesus. And then I realized, oh my goodness, his mercy is everlasting. And I realized I'm forgiven for all my sins. God, Jesus, the son, he paid for my sins and the sins of the whole world. So I don't have to pay for sins. He paid for it. But then another cool thing is God's mercies are new every morning. And guys, every single morning, the goodness of God wants to flood our lives, wants to flood your life. And so the way I like to live my life, you know, if I mess up a little bit, last night, um, I have some guys over to watch the Ohio State game and, and uh, they're gonna be part of my team. My, my team, we're gonna have uh, three Ohio State tailgate nights for men. We're gonna watch on a big screen in the student room and we're gonna have a blast. And uh, so I said, let's, let's just plan it. So we all came over to my place. And, and I'm a terrible sports fan, so I'm an Ohio State fan, but I went negative on them the first, the first half. And, and then I had to repent. And, and, and then they came back in the fourth quarter. I'm like, thank you for coming back. And then I was good with them, but I, I just sold everybody out to coach everybody. What's wrong with you guys, right? I went so negative. But you know what? God's mercies are new every morning. I woke up this morning. I said, God, I thank you. But even though I went negative last night and I should have been positive, Lord, thank you for Ohio State winning, but also, thank you, Lord, that I'm a positive child of God and I don't have to go negative ever again, right? Um, But And then I thought, well, maybe it's not bad if it's with sports. You know, God, let's just do it with sports. All right. All right. Here's my second point. Your body is free to live free. And and this thing called freedom, guys, you have to know you're purchased. You have to know you're rescued. But then there's some things you can do, I can do to live free. And listen to Romans 6.6. It's so amazing. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power. So when you said, Jesus, I accept you as your savior, my savior, you know what he did? He took your spirit and he nailed it to the tree. It died and he put a brand new spirit in. It happened so quick you didn't even know it happened. But the old you is dead and that did something, that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when he died, when we die with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So I just want you to think of what the Bible's saying. You know how we walk around saying, "I can't stop doing this," "I can't stop doing that," "I keep falling here," "I keep missing it here," and we just walk around saying that. Do you know that's not exactly true? Do you know what's true? You have power over everything in your life that's messing with you. You have power over anxiety. You have power over fear. You have power over anger. You have power over hatred. You have power over sin. You have power over addiction. You have power over oppression. You have power over depression. You have power. You've been set free, and you have power over everything. But there's some steps we have to take to walk in that freedom. I decided to be a preacher this morning when I woke up. So guys, listen to this. Verse 11, verse 11. Here we go. So you also... Here's the first thing we have to do. Should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. That word consider means to calculate or to see yourself that way. So the first step we have to take, we have to learn that we are free, but then you and I have to say, you know what? I I believe that and I see myself as a free being. And that's why we're getting excited this morning. We're reminding ourselves, hey, we are free. And you have to say, you know what? I believe that I am a free child of God. And we see ourselves that way, way in our minds. That's why the Bible says that we free ourselves from the compression of this world, all the darkness in it, by renewing our minds, right? And even as an adult, I grew up in this world like you did. I'm being bombarded like by this world like you are. So this darkness is constantly telling me, self, self, Joe, self, live your own life, be your own person. Uh, God, God, you know, you're your own truth. And it's just constantly trying to hit me with everything else, anxiety, fear, all these things. And you and I have to come to a place where we say, you know what, I recognize, I consider myself, I am dead to that. And then there's some other cool things we do. Uh, this is an incredible chapter. Read it this week. Listen to verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. This would be darkness, sin, and everything in the kingdom of the devil. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. So these hands, this mouth, these eyes, they can either be righteous or holy, but listen to what he says to do with them. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God surrender what we gain when we lose control. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So listen to this. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And guys, there's something here that's so powerful. It's so powerful. So he's saying, guys, take a step And in that step, see these as holy hands. So these hands, uh, just to paint a picture, they can do two things. Your hands can do two things. We can wring our hands and say, oh, this world's falling apart and this world's so dark. And oh, I can't believe this has happened. I can't believe this has happened. Or we can do what the Bible says. It says that men and women everywhere should lift up holy hands and worship God with these holy hands. So these hands can wring or these hands can worship. And some of you are newer in God, and you say, man, I'm a little awkward to lift my hands up. What if somebody sees me? I get it, I get it. As you grow in God, it it just becomes simple. But what I love about raising hands and worship, guys, it, it starts here in the heart. But what I love about it is I'm saying, God, you know what? I choose not to worry about this darkness that I live in. You gave me power to live in it. You gave me power to shine light into it. And God, you saved me, you set me free, and I just stand before you rejoicing and surrendered and saying, these hands belong to you. And then just think about this, guys. Think about this. Our tongues, man, my tongue can go negative, right? It can go negative. And Gina always lets me know when it does, right? So so it can, it can. Uh, and I never have to let her know. I don't know what's going on here, right? She's more <laughs> spiritual than I am. So but but guys, I have decided this tongue belongs to God. And so I, I love to wake up in the morning. The first thing I, I do in the mornings is I just say to our Father. And I mean it, I say it with passion, you know. And then I pray through it in detail at other times, but I just say the Our Father. And the first decision I make is this tongue is going to, give glory to God. My Father who heart in heaven, hallowed. So I say, Father, you're holy. You're good. And then I do some worship in the morning. But you know what? If I'm busy, I turn it on when I'm shaving. Man, I can worship. You can worship when I'm you're, you're shaving. When I'm driving, you know, put on a little worship song. And guys, when you yield this tongue to worshipness, worship, it's amazing. You don't have any room for anything negative. It's just like when you yield it to positive, there's no room for negative. And then I just thought about this. Our bodies, right? And I watched this here at Believe When you say, you know what? I'm gonna give this body up to God. I'm gonna yield it as an instrument of righteousness. And you say, you know what? I'm gonna serve. And I'm just gonna serve with this body. And I'm gonna serve, whether it's you know on our dream team or you serve uh, with an organization, a uh, Christian organization in the community. Uh, whatever you do, you know you go and help with outreaches. When, when you begin to give your body up to serve, it's one of the most amazing things that happen. It, it just begins to flood you with more and more light. And you say, you know what? I don't have time to do all these other things. I'm going to give this up and I'm going to serve God with it. And so think about this. How can we apply this to our life? Let's say it's a weekend where I say, hey, guys, we need more people helping in student ministry or in children's ministry, or we need some more people on this team or that team, host team, whatever it is, worship, wherever it's at. We say, hey, we need some more help. When you're sitting there, how cool would it be if your response would be, you know what, Lord, this isn't my body. Lord, I just pray, where would you like me to yield this body? It changes everything. And when you begin to yield it, I'm telling you, the happiest people I know are Christians that are yielded, serving God, serving the poor, helping in the community. It's just amazing what happens. And you know what, guys? This is something that we do by faith. And I want to close with one scripture. You ready? You ready? Uh, and your kids are being ministered to like crazy right now. Galatians 2, and verse 20, and it goes like this. I have been crucified with Christ. Sound familiar, right? And it's no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. So we talked about that. But the second half is how we live our lives. And the life which I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And guys, faith is involved in everything. So you know, faith is involved when we pray, we wanna believe that God, what he said is true and we receive those promises by faith. We use our faith in so many ways. But this is talking about as we walk through life, As you walk through life, we come to a place to where we say, you know what? God, by faith, I'm going to yield this body up to you. By faith, I'm going to yield it to holiness. I'm going to yield it to righteousness. I'm going to yield my tongue to you. I'm going to yield everything I do to you. And when you and I begin to walk by faith and do that, it's just amazing what God begins to do in our life. It's amazing how purpose comes, peace comes, joy comes as we do that very thing. So as I close, we want to have a God moment here. I think it's really important. But before we have a God moment, you guys, you know, you gave it up a lot, but... There's one thing I think we should, in Borman and Warren, Borman, I'd like you to be so loud. We hear you here. Warren, I'd like us to be so loud. They, they hear us over in Boardman. Uh, online, you need to chat. Give it up. I'm gonna go read the chats afterwards. I wanna see that you gave it up in the chat rooms uh, for this, guys. But think about it. God purchased you and rescued you. And this kingdom we live in, this world we live in, all the darkness in it, it has no power over you. So can we give it up? Let's give it up so everybody hears a man. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for setting us free. We are free people. We're free. You guys did really well. Boardman, I heard you. Great job, man. It came all the way over here. So, So guys, can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Can we pray? Lord, Lord, thank you. You're amazing. So, Lord, here we are in a God moment. I did my best, Lord, to teach truths. And I I know you teach us so much more with things I don't even say by the Holy Spirit. But, Lord, we got it. We got it. We got a hold of it. When we lose control, we gain everything. We gain peace. We gain joy. And, Lord, as our heads are bowed and our hearts are open to you, Thank you for purchasing us. Thank you for rescuing our whole being. Today, we're talking about our body. Thank you for rescuing us uh, from the kingdom of darkness, that kingdom that kills, steals, and destroys, that oppresses, depresses, that, that wants to make us worry and wring our hands and all the things this world tries to do to us. Lord, thank you for rescuing us from sin, from the power of sin. Thank you for freeing us, Lord. Nothing has the right to have control over us. Thank you for that, Lord. And so here's our prayer, Lord. By your grace, would you help us By faith, walk in this freedom, Lord God, and yield ourselves to you. And Lord, for some, they're they're listening right now saying, man, I need a lot of mercy. God, give me your mercy. So thank you for giving mercy. And Lord, for the rest of us, we all need more grace. Flood us with your grace. And Lord, we thank you that where sin abounds, grace is even stronger. We thank you for your grace flooding us and flooding the world that we live in. We thank you for your grace flooding this world. We thank you for the light of Jesus flooding this valley. We thank you, Lord, for rescuing more and more people. And Lord, we just say, whatever we can do in our life to make an adjustment, Deal with us right now. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're having this beautiful God moment. But maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Or maybe you grew up in church, but you say, you know, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a moment where I personally said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. Thank you for your sacrifice. I accept you as my savior. Or maybe you walked in and you said, I wasn't even sure if God existed, but you know, just sitting through the service, I don't know what it is. I just believe that. And I'm ready to call on Jesus and receive him into my life. So if you're listening, you say, that's me. Would you pray with us right now? The rest of us in Borman, Warren, TCI, guys uh, online, can we help them pray right now? And uh, if you're praying for the first time, just mean it. Would you say this after me? Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for the sins of the whole world. God raised you up out of that grave. Your blood has power and I accept you this moment as my Savior. And Lord, I make a decision to follow you. Become a student of the word of God. But I need your grace to do it. Thank you for flooding me with grace. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.